What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason Jones, your co-host, with another episode of 1% with him at here at His Heartline. Glad to have you all here today. It is Thursday, July 7th, 2022. So happy to have you all here. Um, I hope everybody's having a great day and uh, a great week so far. Um, here in West Michigan, it is a beautiful blue sky day. It is just, it couldn't be any, it couldn't be any more perfect. I mean, it's just beautiful weather and, uh, yeah. So I hope wherever you're at in the world, I hope it's beautiful. Um, hope the weather's nice. And so uh, today with 1% with him, we're going to be reading out of the book of Romans chapter 10 verses one through 21. And then we'll break it down a little bit and kind of have a little commentary on that and then, uh, end it with a prayer. And then I got another quick, um, little minor podcast I'm going to do right after this. Nothing major, but I want to make an amendment and a correction on a previous show that I did called contempt of the constitution. Uh, there was one thing that I was minorly incorrect on that I got corrected on. And so I'm going to make a correction on that. Cause I always like to make sure everything that I say on here. Okay. Cause this is, this is why I always harp on the very simple fact that words matter and facts certainly do matter here at this show. I never want to be known as the guy that tells half truths, like pretty much 90% of these other guys that are out here and gals. And so anything that we say here, I want to make sure that it is correct. And every once in a while, we'll get something wrong or we will misspeak. And so when that does happen and I do get a correction, I will do an actual amended uh, minor podcast, like five, six, seven minutes explaining where I was wrong at. And not that I do it intentionally, just sometimes I misremember or I misspeak. It happens. It's very easy to do when you do this. Um, and so I will, I will spend a little bit of time on where, you know, where I was wrong at, what the actual correction is, and then add a little bit extra to it, but um, nothing major. And um, since yesterday I did, I already did a His Hardline quick look. I'm not going to do another one. Um, yeah. I was thinking about maybe doing something special tonight, but you know, my evening's already jam packed. I got a conference call. I got to get on at seven 30 and I don't want to spread myself too thin. So we're just probably going to keep it with the amended, you know, the, just a special little side podcast and then this one. So, um, so stick around. I'll be back here 10 minutes after this one, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to be reading out of the book of Romans chapter 10 verses one through 21. And so, uh, what we're going to be talking about here with this is the word of faith bringing salvation. And so it reads, and today I'm reading out of the, uh, um, what am I reading? <laughs> I think, Jason, the New American Standard Bible, the NASB 95 edition. <laughs> oh my 
gosh. Yeah, man. It's my Friday. So um, kind of. It's like my Friday and Saturday in one. So tomorrow, I'm, I only got one day off this week. I volunteered to work um, because I needed extra drivers uh, on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a very long couple of weeks for me. So anyway, um, so we're uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really have much time. So I want to kind of enjoy my limited week and my one day week. And I have here. So it reads, we're going to get right into it and then we'll, we'll discuss a little bit further here. So this is what it reads. It says, brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the higher, excuse me, to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by the righteousness, but the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. Who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For in the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, and the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord... Who has believed our report? I'm going to pause there just for a moment. I've often asked this myself. But continuing on. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, 
all the day long I have stretched out my hands to the disobedient and abstinent people. Sorry about that. That's my wife. Let me just send her a quick text. Let her know I'm on the podcast. She is uh, at her deceased grandmother and grandparents' um, house, kind of going through their stuff with her mom and sisters. So, um, so anyway, all right, there we go. All right, and fortunately, that was the end of the reading. So, so wow, that uh, I tell you, I love the Book of Romans. So, I was reading something earlier with regards to the Book of Romans. Now, did you know that the Book of Romans is the New Testament's longest and most structured and most detailed description of Christian theology? And so, Paul lays out the core of the gospel message salvation by grace alone through faith alone. And his intent was to explain the good news of Jesus Christ in an accurate and clear terms. And as part of this effort, Paul addresses the conflicts between law and grace, between Jews and Gentiles, and between sin and righteousness. And as is common in his writing, Paul closes out his letter with a series of practical applications. I thought that was very interesting. And so as we read through chapter 10 here, now, the prior passage concluded with Paul's declaration that his people, Israel, had tried to become righteous before God in the wrong way and by relying on their attempts to keep the law. And they refused, they had refused to come to God by faith in Christ. And Paul quoted Isaiah to show that Christ was the stumbling stone for Israel. It's kind of interesting but that all who believe in him will not be put to shame. And so Romans 10 begins with Paul's heartfelt confession that he prays for Israel to be saved. And he is eager for each of his Jewish brothers and sisters to believe in Christ. He praises them, actually, for their enthusiasm for God, though they are ignorant of how to reach God's righteousness through faith in Christ. And so instead, the Israelites continue to try to declare, you know, to be declared righteous by God for their religious law keeping, but despite how they continue to break the law. <laughs> and they continue to wait for the truth that they already know to come down from heaven or up from the abyss when Jesus Christ has already done both of those things. And Paul repeatedly references the Old Testament scriptures both directly and as an analogy to make his bottom line case about what is required to be saved. And you can see that referenced in verses 5 through 8. And so verses 9 through 10 now are likely to be the most quoted verses for this chapter. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Amen. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. See, and I'm going to pause here for a second. And just in case you're wondering where I'm kind of getting some of the summary, I am getting a lot of this from BibleRef.com. It's a wonderful resource. I absolutely love it. I highly recommend you check it out. And I'll put the um, I'll put the link of this in the show notes. But I, I love this quote in the Bible because as I always continue to preach and say here, how words carry so much weight. Words are so, so important. And, 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 and that's why, you know, testimonies typically should have a lot of weight behind them. 
or when one confesses with the mouth. But Paul spells out that this opportunity to be saved by faith in Jesus is available to everyone, everyone, with no distinction between Jews or Gentiles. doesn't matter. And the fact of the matter is, the Lord is the Lord of all people. doesn't matter your race, religion, doesn't matter your nationality. It does not matter. He's Lord for all. And he gives good gifts to all who call on him. Everyone who calls on him will be saved. And that's illustrated there in verses 9 through 13. Now, next, Paul shows how necessary it is for him to continue preaching this gospel, regardless of any objections of, of those who oppose him. And so if people must call on the name of Jesus to be saved, they must first believe in him. And so before they can believe, they must hear about him first. And then in order to hear, someone must preach to them. And before a representative of Christ can preach, he must be sent. But still, not all have obeyed the gospel. And so that is many people, especially the Jewish people, they haven't believed in Christ, though they have heard the word of Christ. And I can tell you right now, that's my stepfather all day long, my late stepfather. Let me stand correct, because I do have a, a stepfather now. And he's not Jewish, but my late stepfather, the one who committed suicide, he was Jewish. And he, same thing, he didn't, he did not believe in Christ at all. And we've had some pretty in-depth topics about that, but very interesting, like not heated, but very interesting. But, you know, why is this, right? You know, the Jewish people, you know, not having believed in Christ, but heard of the word of Christ, why is this? Well, it's because they haven't really truly heard it. And Paul rejects that idea with a quote from Psalm 19. And he insists that the gospel of Jesus is reaching the ends of the world. But if they have heard, then did they not understand it? Did the Jewish people truly never comprehend that God intended to welcome all who come to him by faith? And so Paul quotes from Moses to show that they should have heard God's own, own words, that he would one day make Israel jealous of those who are not nations. And then Paul references God's words in Isaiah 65, that he would be found by those who did not look for him, describing what was happening with the Gentile believers in Jesus. But still, God waits patiently, as he always does, for Israel with his hands held out, to receive them should they turn back to him. And we see that illustrated in verses 18 through 21. Very, very good book. Absolutely love this book. And I'm, I just now clicked back to the chat room here. Um, I appreciate that, Fred, for your kind words. Um, yeah, my, my wife, she lost, I don't mean the kind of you know, chuckle at that, but it was kind of expected once her grandfather passed away, which by the way, at 90, I might get the age wrong, 93, 94, 94. And his wife was two weeks behind. So we kind of expected it. We knew she was 93. They knew each other for a very, very long time. They were, here's a little, just something interesting. And I know this doesn't really matter to most people, but th th what should matter is this. So Obviously, there are family members, but here's what's interesting. These two individuals, God rest their souls. I hope they are together in heaven, and I'm sure they are. They knew each other since third grade, and they were in the low to mid-90s. 
Not only did they know each other since third grade and went to school with each other in the same schoolhouse since third grade, they were boyfriend and girlfriend throughout high school and after high school. They got married. They had um, they had three kids. And let me tell you something. They were married 73, 73 years. 73 years. You imagine being married for 73 years, ladies and gentlemen? That's crazy. 73 years married. Actually, I stand correct. It would have been 73 years later on this summer if they were both still alive. So 72 technically, but we're going to round up and call it 73. That's a long, some people don't even live to 70, let alone being married 73 years. And man, what, and you're, you're right, Fred. It was awesome. They, they really did have true love. And so it, they, it's, it, so anyway, yeah, you know, some people say sorry for the loss. I say, I am honestly, I'm happy for them because now they don't have to live in this I don't want to say hellish earth because I don't believe the earth is hellish. It, although some days it seems like it, but it definitely is upside down and whacked out. But they are on to bigger and better uh, journeys in heaven that you and I only probably fathom. And so but anyway, but uh, I do appreciate the kind words. I really do. And so, but uh, yeah, so, you know, this chapter is not very long in Romans here, chapter 10. Um, but I absolutely love this, you know, where we're, just this everything in the Bible, I can't even pick out a favorite verse anymore. I mean, everything that is in here is so profound. And this is why I always encourage you all, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't read at least one chapter a day in the Bible, bare minimum, just come here, listen. You know, I know sometimes my delivery sucks. Some days I may not be on my game and I stutter and, you know, and words end up being hard for me <laughs> and I stutter and stammer. But listen, if you can't read 15 minutes, you know, spend 15 minutes to yourself by reading a chapter a day in the Bible and spend some time praying, that's fine. Come here. That's why I like doing this. I not only do it for you and try to serve you all to the best of my ability, but I do it for myself too. If I'm going to be completely transparent, I do it for selfish reasons because I like to do it too. I like to learn new things. And so... Not only that, it helps me keep keep up on my reading um, and comprehension levels. And so, um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate all the support you all bring here. Um, I, I got to tell you, completely separate from the show here. So I just have to share this, uh, these uh, little stats with you all, because this wasn't possible. This could never be possible without all of you and God, God first. So I'm going to be very clear there. And then without all of you. So I was looking, I was sharing this with um, a friend in the assembly who's listening now. Um, but I was sharing these stats and these analytics, and I, I think I posted something, but I, I think it's really cool because when I looked at the last 30 days, within the last 30 days, you guys, 4,519 downloads on this podcast in the last 30 days. Now, to a lot of big podcasters, that is um, probably small potatoes. But to me... It is amazing because this podcast started at the beginning of February, and I never thought in a million years, I never thought in a million years that it would grow this quick, this fast. Like I'm already at 10.3 thousand, so over 10,300 10, um, downloads all time so far. 
and just 260 downloads just yesterday. 1,500 in the last seven days. And I'm in about, I think when I counted, and there was some undisclosed countries because I'm sure VPNs that people use, but I'm willing to bet I'm easily in about probably 60 or 70 different countries now. Maybe a little less. But I really appreciate, I say all this to say this, I appreciate all of you guys and gals for sharing this show because you're not sharing it for me. I want to make sure I'm clear. You're not sharing this for me. You're sharing this for God and Jesus Christ because this is the primary reason this Bible podcast right here today is the primary reason why I started this podcast. It basically evolved into being a two-part thing. God first, and then I started talking about the assemblies because as I started learning about the general, the national assembly, I started realizing how important that was, and that was the true continental congress that we have in the United States. Yes, it is interim, but until we get more members, which that's going to be kind of part and parcel with my next um, mini podcast I'm going to do here after this one, about 10 maybe-ish minutes, because like I said, I need to make an amendment change on something that I was incorrect on in a previous show. And like I said, anytime I'm wrong on something, I want to correct it on the air for the record because it's important to me that I do that. Most of you guys probably wouldn't have known, but because I know I have to put it out there because I don't want to ever give any false information or, or false anything to you, to any of you. So, um, and so I'll get into that more here on the other side. Um, but anyway, but I guess my whole point is thank you so much for sharing this show referring people here. And like I said, I've been feeling very flattered that a lot of you want to, you know, just, you know, like somebody wanted to have me on the, a conference call thing and like do like an interview, which I think is cool. You know, but like I said, I've always wanted to make this centered around God. I never want to make this podcast about me because it's not about me. Every once in a while, I'll share a story if it's relevant. Um, but I try to keep this not centered around me, but all about God, because like I said, God is the one that pushed me to do this. And, and man, oh man, when he finally got me convinced internally to, to step up and, and get the equipment and pay for the subscriptions and, and the whole ball of wax, man, boy, did he work fast through me? And I'm not even kidding. And, and, and while he was working fast, you know, who else was working fast in tandem? Satan himself, that son of a gun did everything he could to throw pebbles and stones in front of my walkway to trip me up. And, you know, he did. He tripped me up a few times, actually pretty good. But, you know, in Jesus' name, I said, you know, I know what you're doing, devil, and your crap's not going to work here. And I'm going to tell you right now, I rebuke you to the foot of the cross because Jesus has the ultimate power over you. And with Christ in my heart, guess who else has power over you? We, the people, when we have Christ in our heart, you can't do anything to us so long we have Christ in our heart. And so I just flat out tell him, you can just go back to hell where you came from. You have no room here. Ever since we got him kicked out, every once in a while, he'll try to get in, you know, he'll try to sneak in in our household. Like my wife and I, we can't, we, you know, this is the one thing I love about my wife and I now. We started noticing we were arguing about little stuff more and more frequently. Nothing major, but we were noticing that our elevations of temper and arguments were increasing by the day for about a week there. And finally, I had to stop and I'm like, you know, babe, I'm like, 
we need to realize what the heck's going on here. I said, you know what? You know what's going on here? I said, you notice how we've been arguing more in the last week? She goes, yeah. I said, I'm telling you, I'm like, that's Satan. He's trying to get in our, he's trying to crack the armor that we have. And he's trying to get in this house. I'm like, we need to squash that. And I tell you what, wouldn't you imagine that the minute we said our prayers and we kicked him out of the Jones household, we said, this is God's house. This is the house for the Lord. Just like everybody else has a house for the Lord, right? If, as long as you invite him in, you got to invite him in. That's the key. Just like in your heart, you got to invite Christ in your home. You got to invite Christ in your marriage, in at work, in everything you do. You got to invite him there because he's not going to show up where he's not invited to. It's like being that guy or gal going to the party when you never really had the official formal invite, but all your friends are going. So you figure you tag along because you know them. And then they're looking at you like, well, why is he or she there? Jesus is not going to come around if we don't invite him. We got to invite Christ. Bottom line. And so when we did that, we told the devil, you got to get out of our marriage. You got to get out of our house because you're not welcomed here. This is Christ's house. And he's going to pretty much squash you out of existence from this household. And guess what? Guess what? We were fine after that. No arguments, no tiffs, no anything, no none of that. And that's how he can get in. He starts off slow and subtle. And it you have to really be mature. And I'm not saying I'm real mature because, boy, I could be a very big, big child. Ask my wife. That's <laughs> She often says I'm like four kids in one. She's like, who needs more kids when I have, you know, you and Haven? You're like four in one. I'm like, yeah, I know. And it's fun. I'm like, you, you, you know, your life would be dull without me. And she goes, no, your life would be dull without me. I'm like, yeah, it's very true. Very, very true. But my point is you have to have a mature mindset to understand, excuse me, to comprehend when you realize that you're being attacked by Satan. You really have to really have eyes wide open and ears open so you can recognize the evil when it starts seeping in. And that's what was happening. And when we said our prayers and kicked him out of the household, so you can't come back. Our arguing stopped. Our little tiffs stopped. And everything's solid again. And so anyway, I just wanted to share that story. So like I said, I try not to keep, I try not to let this podcast be about me.